shape how I have led uh, within the local church. Uh, now, I said four Sundays, there are more uh, aspects to my quote-unquote philosophy of ministry, but I wanted to focus upon four uh, over the next few weeks. So that's kind of what will be happening. Uh, the question is why will we do what we do? And I hope that we will see some practical and even some doctrinal reasons uh, from the scriptures. So that's a little idea of where we're going over the next uh, few weeks. Now, I would invite you to rise if you're physically able. And my subject for this morning is being made more like Christ. Being made more like Christ. Uh, I will take the subject from Romans 8 and 29. However, if you have some time uh, on this Sabbath day, I would encourage you to read from verses 18 actually through 30. And if you have a little extra time, you could read through 39, for verse 29 fits within this larger context. But I want to uh, really, really focus on verse 29. So I'll read it, and then I'll pray, and then you can take this. Verse 29 of Romans chapter 8. These words, hear these words from Scripture. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. For that word could be translated brothers and sisters. Let me pray. Fathers, we come now to your word. We ask that your spirit would feed us during this time. Open our eyes to what it is you would have us to see. Open our ears to what it is you would have us to hear. Lord, we commit this time unto you. We look to you to feed us from your word. In Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. Let me start off by saying my hope, my hope for FCF is that when people see us, when people hear about us, they will ultimately hear or see the Lord Jesus amongst us. That is the big picture. I, of course, I know folks visually will see a pastor or a preacher. They will see uh, the praise team or the choir. Folks will inquire about the youth program, all of which we want the Lord's hand upon. Amen? Amen. But big picture, I want, whether it's visitors, whether it's folks who've been here for quite some time, I want for us to see Christ amongst us. 
That, that is the foundation, if you will, of what I envision. And again, I know that's a big picture and it's very general, but we will fill in the rest of the puzzle but know that that puzzle should point us and anyone who thinks of FCF, they will think about the Lord Jesus Christ amongst us. So that, that is why I wanted to start off this first sermon thinking a little about the image of our Savior. Now, let me set the stage, so to speak, for we have but one verse, but I do want to set the stage. If you are familiar, or if you're not familiar, with Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome, many Bible scholars, Bible students, uh, will recognize that this is perhaps Paul's most doctrinal letter. I mean, he digs deep into matters of faith. For example, if you read it as a whole, you will see Paul dealing uh, deeply with the issue of sin and the consequences of sin, i.e. the judgment and wrath of a holy God. He also deals with uh, what it looks like to be made right with God, i.e. justification. He doesn't stop there. He also digs deep into what it looks like to grow in our faith, i.e. sanctification. He also talks about things that tend to be mysterious in nature. For example, our union with Christ. But not only that, he talks about uh, the mystery of ethnic Israel's conversion. He talks about the relationship between Jews and Gentiles in Christ. And he goes pretty deep into some of these things. Now having said that, he doesn't just deal with deep, deep doctrinal issues. If you come closer toward the end of the letter, you will see some very practical things. How it is that we should be interacting with one another. How it is we should interact with governing authorities or Folks who might not be like us, again, that Jew-Gentile dynamic. So there are some practical applications uh, in this letter. But as it relates to this verse and this context, there are two competing realities. And you'll see it beginning at verse number 18, which I won't read through this whole passage again. That's uh, some homework for you. But he starts off talking about the sufferings of this present time. And he compares the suffering of the present time with future glory. And the way he unpacks it, he in essence says, I don't care how bad things are for you. He doesn't say it like that, but he says, no matter how, th how bad things are, they do not compare to how great things will be. Let me say that one more time. These, this is what Paul is communicating in essence. No matter how rough, no matter how difficult, no matter how trying, no matter how hard life is right now, for those who are in Christ, these difficult situations 
don't hold a candle how great and awesome things will ultimately be. And as we come to our verse, in light of these competing realities, we are told that God has a plan. And in verse 29, and again, this is just a portion of the plan, but he says that for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of this Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now as we see that verse, I am mindful that there are some words that might jump out that we might want to really deal with. Or not. Predestination. And they are very important, obviously. They're in the scriptures. But this morning, I want us to focus upon the phrase to be conformed to the image of his son. God's plan for his church, God's plan for those that he has brought near unto him, is that you and I, FCF, would be made more and more and more like his son. Now, this passage of scripture has challenged me in a variety of ways. And perhaps some of you all, most of you all, if not all, uh, would identify with this. There are moments where I find myself so caught up in doing. What is it that I can do better? I can do a better job at loving my neighbor. I can do a better job of spending time in the scriptures. I can do a better job of, of parenting my children. There are so many different things that I can get caught up with when it comes to doing. And it's at these times where I'm also reminded of being. Now, I know these two go hand in hand, but I'm often reminded that God is concerned with me becoming more and more like his son. And as I focus and as I call upon the Lord to transform me and to make him more, make me more and more like his son, then the doing flows from me being or being concerned with the image of Christ. Now, let me say right quick, I think we can also appreciate, before we get into some practical things, uh, I think we can appreciate this verse a little more if we go backwards, specifically to Genesis. If you recall in Genesis chapter 1, God, the triune God says that we are going to make man in God's image. Now, we shouldn't get overly caught up with, uh, what does that mean, we look physically like God? I know there's some glorified body conversations that will happen uh, as it relates to Christ. But this has uh, primarily to do, uh, this is primarily concerned with uh, the character of our Creator. 
Being created in the image of God means we follow in the ways of God. And so at the very beginning of creation, we are told, it is communicated to us, that we were created in His image. Now, if we know the rest of the story, something happened. There was the fall. And I am not one who believes that the image was fully eradicated, but there was an effect upon us. There was some damage done. And as opposed to being fully and perfectly like our Lord, we had, been, we had now become affected by sin. But praise be to God that there was a plan in place. And while the image had been affected by sin and the fall, God had a plan to restore us into the image of his son, who is of the God. And so Paul is communicating to his audience that despite what they're going through, despite the trials, despite the tribulations, know that all of this God will use in his plan. And he will use it to make you and I more and more like his son. Now what is, what does this have to do with local ministry? What does this have to do with how we go about ministering to our neighbors and ministering to one another? There are a couple of things that I want to suggest. For one, being made in the image of Christ, this is not an option. This is not something that we can choose or choose not to do. This is God's will. As again, as we read in verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined or predetermined to be conformed to the image of his son. What is God's will for my life? Lord, what is it that you want? Lord, what is it that you are uh, asking of me? What is it that you want for me? And again, practically in, in counseling scenarios, you can dig deeper with that question, but know that for all of us, God's desire is that you and I would be made more and more and more like His Son. Here is the good news. Not only is this His desire, but this is His doing. Yes, there is some sanctification and there are things that we are called to do to aid in our growth. But know that becoming more and more like Christ, God doesn't just simply say, be more like Christ, and it's up to you now. God gives us his spirit. And he helps us to be more and more like his son. So again, know that being like Christ is not something that JB is just coming to the pulpit and saying, you know what, I want us as a church to take the option of being like Christ. No, 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 I believe 
this is what God desires of us. And again, know that it is He who will help us. Now, what is the image of Christ? What does it look like to follow or to become or to be made more and more like Jesus? And you can take a number of directions with this, but you know, if you read through the Gospels, and of course, Paul talks about this a good bit in, in a variety of his letters, uh, you will see a Savior who laid down his life for those that God called him to redeem. And so if I were to label a few things, I would ask us to look like Christ is to do in many ways the things that we can do that Christ did. How are we laying down our life? For, for one another. How are we forgiving those who have betrayed us? How are we loving those that may not in and of themselves seem to be lovable? How are we following God Almighty? I believe Christ's life is an example of what it looks like for us to be made in the image. Now, I would also suggest that being made in the image of Christ, part of that happens even in the midst of suffering. Remember, the Apostle Paul starts out this passage and this subject talking about the present sufferings. And he ends the section with a plan of God and how we are being conformed into Christ. So yes, you read the Bible. Yes, you may pray. Yes, you may come to church. Yes, you may interact with godly folks. But know that even your suffering and your trials and your difficulties, God is able to take and often does take and uses it to shape you and me. Ministry is not always easy if we tell the truth. It's not always easy to love. It's not always easy to serve. It's not always easy to trust. But yet, all of this plays a role in us becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Now, I said at the very beginning, there will be a few more sermons as it relates to my philosophy of ministry and what will guide us. And many of those sermons will be far more practical as it relates to what we will be doing. But I wanted to set the stage this morning, again, by way of repeating, that everything we do, everything we engage in, in the back of my mind, in the back of our minds, let us ask, how is it reflecting the image of Christ? All of the things that we experience, all of the things that we will endure or go through or whatnot, how is it being used to shape us into the image of Christ? Yes, I want great ministries here, and there are great ministries here. And I want the folks to come and enjoy sermons and enjoy the songs and enjoy the youth program and other programs that are happening. But again, if Christ 
is not being seen in any of these things, then we are missing the point. But if Christ is being seen in all of these things, know that we are in good shape. And so brothers and sisters, again, I wanted to start off more elementary in nature in terms of this sermon, letting you know that I believe God, who has a plan, whose desire is to make us more into the image of his son, that is what I want us to be about. That is what I want us to strive for. That is what I want us to see the spirit of God's help becoming more and more and more like Christ, individually, and corporate. That's what we'll be at. Jesus, we bless your most holy name. And Father, as we begin to think about the next stages in the life of faith, for one, I thank you for where you have brought faith. I thank you for how your spirit has been here, has shaped faith over these 38 years. And Father, as this new season of life comes, and as we begin to think about what the next stages are, Father, help us to desire what it is that you desire. And Father, as the Apostle Paul informs his audience that you are shaping and you are making them more into the image of yourself. Lord, I pray that we will be reminded that this next season of life, no matter what practically we engage in, no matter what we hope to accomplish in the city, in the neighborhood, Father, help us to remember that you desire for us to be more and more like this. Thank you for the ways in which you help us. Thank you for how you are doing that even now. And Father, may that be the guiding principle for all that we do. Thank you that we even have the privilege to be made like Jesus. Thank you for what he has done for us upon the cross. Thank you for what he does even now at your right hand interceding for us. Thank you for the forgiveness and the grace that has come from his word. May we look like him more and more every day. In Jesus' name that we do ask. I would invite you to rise again if you're able. Snap it.